I'm Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, there's a whole lot of big matchups to start off the season in the conference. I'll give you what I'm looking for in every single one this weekend. Also, every game has a line. I'll let you know where you should be putting your money if you want to make sure you're making money. At least if you want to trust me, that is. That's all coming up here today. You're listening in to Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson, here with you on a Friday to help break down all the matchups with Big Ten teams in them in the first week of the college football season. Not for Nebraska and Illinois, of course, but we do have a full slate of games for the first time here coming up and starting tonight with the Northwestern and Michigan State matchup that we'll, of course, talk about in just a moment. First of all, we do have a big, big game from last night to get to. Jay Stevens will be in to get his quick take after the game from last night. But first, our show today is brought to you by our live NFL draft season coverage. The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora. You can follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts to tune in beginning August 30th. Be sure to, of course, follow there and follow all the teams that you follow on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. Let's get into another one of our hosts, though, on the Locked On Podcast Network, Jay Stevens. He hosts the Lock On Buckeyes podcast. And, of course, Ohio State had a big season opening win in Minnesota last night. It was not the biggest or cleanest of wins for Ohio State. And Jay Stevens echoed that when he gave us our quick breakdown of the matchup, a quick little one-minute bite of what Jay had to think about Ohio State's big win. Let's listen in. It wasn't always pretty, and at times, things didn't go as planned, but the Ohio State Buckeyes did come out victorious, beating the Minnesota Golden Gophers 45-31. to New starting quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes, C.J. Stroud, early on throughout and throughout portions of this game, didn't look comfortable. Didn't look like the guy many people thought he would be. But when you have Alave and Wilson on the outside, they help make things a whole lot easier for you. Add in a 70-yard touchdown reception by true freshman running back Trayvon Henderson. It helps you ease into the swing of things. Oh, yeah. When you get a strip sack by Mr. Zach Harrison, which led to a big man touchdown by Haskell Garrett. It makes winning the game that you struggle in a lot of the time a whole lot easier. Ohio State beats the Golden Gophers 45-31 and open the season with a win. And a big thanks again to Jay for doing that for us and giving us his thoughts on the big win for Ohio State. Again, he's in every Monday to chat about not just the Buckeyes, everything going on. But, you know, we got to pick his brain whenever there's stuff going on with Ohio State, especially in football season, every single week. 
So good to hear from Jay. And I also want to just give some of my thoughts. Again, I used to host the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast here, and Minnesota became a team I got to follow a little bit. So I had known a little bit about PJ Flex squad going into this matchup. And I do just want to say, after a 14-point loss to Ohio State, that to be quite honest, many teams in this conference would consider a win. I think there's many teams in Minnesota, or many fans in Minnesota, who are right now waking up today and thinking of this game as a little bit of a moral victory, only losing by 14 to Ohio State. But I, I will say also that while the Gophers fans may be a little bit brought back to earth right now, I do feel like that reality check of last night's game was very, very much needed all around Minneapolis. Because while Minnesota was really, really good in 2019, I feel like the people who follow and root for that team had gotten a little bit too caught up in just how much 2020 had affected how good this team was, how much that Minnesota team still had to fix. I mean, it got exposed yesterday in that secondary. Ohio State was pulling off big play after big play. Minnesota did have 11 returning starters in that defensive side, okay? but. The Gophers weren't all that good last year with those players there. And the one guy they did lose was the NFL caliber corner slash safety, whatever he ends up being out there in Washington, Benjamin St. Juiced. So we kind of knew this secondary wasn't going to be all that great, but following some of these media outlets and keeping an eye on the Gophers, that wasn't as big of the talking conversation. There was Much talk about how improved that defensive line was, and rightfully so. The run defense was terrible for the Gophers last season. That defensive line was a big part of it, and the defensive line got beefed up over the offseason for Minnesota. Got transfers, has everyone coming back, and that was better. But I just feel like those shiny pieces for the Gophers and kind of using this as an umbrella warning to everyone out there in the conference that probably, I guess, isn't Ohio State. Don't get fooled by how good your team could be this season because I have a feeling over these first few weeks, there's going to be some reality checks, much like what the Minnesota Gophers got against Ohio State on Thursday. And we're going to realize here that maybe some of the teams that we're thinking are really, really good right now, not only just aren't all that great, but are just flat out bad. I don't think enough fan bases are ready to accept that yet. Because I think everyone thinks their team is able to get a little bit better over this offseason. Has so many players coming back with this exception to the rule in NCAA transfers and returning players as well. But I think when people start to realize that everybody else has that advantage too, and some of these teams are just going to have to lose out here, that's when things start getting a little bit hostile out there. Because right now, it's the beginning of the season. It's week one. Everyone feels good zero and zero. But I think it's going to be a little bit more unexpected, maybe. Just how quickly some of these fan bases start to not turn on anybody, but just get real negative on the outlook of the season. We're going to talk about some of the first week matchups and some of those teams that have things to prove in those first week matchups here on the show. It's coming up in just a moment as we continue on a Friday here on Locked On Big Ten. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten, here to tell you a little bit more about Bilt Bar, helping you get the show here today. 
Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. They have more than 15 grams of protein per bar with less than 5 net grams of carbs and 5 grams of sugars as well. It's all the healthy stuff you want without any of that unwanted filler, but great flavor too. Built Bar has 100% chocolate in every single bar, and these things taste outstanding. People are loving the new Grasshopper flavor. It's supposed to be a little bit of a play on the Mint Brownie Girl Scout cookies that people like so much. So you can go and try that or any other flavor out right now at BuiltBar.com and save some money by using our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So you know these guys are legit. That's Built Bar helping you get the show here today. And we thank you, Built Bar. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson with everything you need to know on the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. While we're talking about all the games here coming up this weekend in week one, and I just wanted to go down every single matchup and give you what I'm looking for. Not even like my keys to the game even necessarily, because I think some of these things are, are pretty obvious who's going to win, especially these games where teams are getting, getting expecting to push over squads. But really, there's something to look at with everyone here because everyone has some question marks as we've gotten into detail with over the course of the last month or so in previewing this season. But let's get into the nitty gritty now as we're actually going to get into in between the lines on the gridiron with these teams. And I'll start with the game, of course, tonight, Northwestern against Michigan State. For these teams, you're looking at a Northwestern team that's trying to build off of what was obviously a huge season in 2020, making it back to Indianapolis, but the expectations aren't there anymore. This team's projected to be kind of around middle of the pack. And there's some people suggesting, I mean, myself, I guess it, it, I, I won't beat around the bush. I'm kind of thinking in my head that maybe even that middle of the pack ranking is just kind of a respect ranking because they did so well last season. Northwestern lost a lot. Now, there's still a lot of talent there. Brandon Joseph's one of the best defensive backs in the country, as has been shown by his preseason accolades. But there are a lot of holes left for Pat Fitzgerald to fill. And while he's a really good coach and a really good recruiter, those recruits that he has and the words that he says cannot actually get out there on the field and make plays and make tackles. Can he come out and beat a Michigan State team that... Under the second year, Mel Tucker is, one, still kind of trying to find an identity, but trying to see if it can build off of what was a little bit of an unexpected successful season last year, up and down for sure, but obviously you get the win over Michigan. And Mel Tucker looks like someone who's able to at least bring some energy into a football program. Now he has an opportunity to start off year two the right way. So two teams with a lot to prove for a bunch of different reasons, but two teams who, when you look at how the Big Ten media voted at Media Days as far as the standings, aren't projected to do all that much. So for both these squads, Northwestern obviously has higher aspirations, but for Michigan State, I think bowl eligibility for those Spartans is just big all by itself. And getting a win in the Big Ten to start off the season is big in getting on the way to that. So I think both these teams have goals that they're legitimately trying to get to. It is not like a kind of Illinois season with Brett Bielema, which we'll get to in a minute. That team could be 2-0, where Illinois doesn't really expect anything, right? Anything that happens, including beating Nebraska in the last week opening game, is kind of just icing on the cake. We've gone over that. 
Michigan State doesn't have much for expectations, but there is still kind of an expectation to not be terrible, to be able to like at least get bowl eligible and, you know, play like a team that was a few years ago a top 20, top 10 team out there. So Michigan State has that kind of expectation to start to rebuild. Northwestern has the expectation to try and stay on top after being a team that has been a non-traditional powerhouse and risen up above some other really, really good teams in that Western division and really, really good football traditional programs as well, too. So an interesting first game there. A whole lot of questions to be answered. Is Hunter Johnson the answer in Evanston? He's quarterback right now, but obviously didn't play well when it was his job before. How much of a step back does Northwestern take this season is the biggest question for me, though. Because while Michigan State could grow, the big question is how do the reigning Big Ten West champions end up looking in that first week without so many of their key players from last year? They could be great. This team could adjust quickly. Pat Fitzgerald could continue to be such an impressive coach in this conference. But I'm interested to see just how sloppy do things look out there. And uh, obviously, is it enough for Northwestern to slip up in a way that they end up losing this game? We'll talk more about the betting line and where I'm at as far as that goes in the next segment to end the show. But that's an interesting game to start off. Moving on to the not interesting games. Uh, Michigan and Rutgers are really just playing games against teams to try and see what needs fixing on the squad. You know, it's Rutgers playing up against uh, Temple and Michigan going up against Western Michigan. Both those spreads are at 14 to 17 points. Even Nebraska is going to go and get a big win against Fordham, or at least they better. We don't know with how sloppy that Nebraska team looked last week, but. Those games aren't really in question. You could, of course, have many questions about those teams, though. And you'll be ending up looking at, if you're a fan of these teams, how does Cade McNamara look out there? How does Rutgers in general look out there? How does that Rutgers defense look out there against Temple? Going into the Nebraska game, is anything good? Is anything any better than what it was last week? Obviously, Cornhusker fans will hopefully find at least something to be a little bit happier about in that matchup, but nothing to worry about as far as how those games are going to end up. Moving on to the big games that are going to end up happening later on tomorrow. First off, Maryland plays against West Virginia. That's a matchup where Talia Tungavaloa is a home underdog for the Terrapins, and this is an interesting team for me. I kind of had Nebraska as my team that could surprise some people just kind of with how exciting they are to watch play. And I, I guess you could call what they did last week exciting, but I could be very wrong about that, it turns out. But like, I think that same team, but just a step above as far as talent level goes, is the Maryland Terrapins. Like Maryland could end up above 500 in the Big Ten this season, maybe even, but it, it has to end up looking really good against this West Virginia team to start up for me to end up being saying that kind of thing. Again, he's a home underdog. I forget exactly what the spread is. I'll click to it right now to find out for sure. In the Maryland game, I believe it is about a touchdown. I'll find it again in a second. I'm having struggle a struggle time looking at my spreadsheet. But let's move on to the Purdue game. Uh, can Purdue avoid an early slip against Oregon State? They're a touchdown favorite. That I do know. It's probably my team with the second most to lose 
this week. I'd say Northwestern, if it lost against Michigan State, that would really bring down the expectations for like, okay, how good is this team actually this season? Because I think Wildcats fans still have those hopes that this team can still be passable and competitive in the Big Ten. If it loses to Michigan State, you have to reevaluate that. With Purdue, it's one of those up-in-the-air Big Ten teams where if it takes care of an Oregon State squad this weekend in a way that makes you think this team's going to look good and that Jeff Brom has things back on track, you're feeling good going into the Big Ten season. But if things don't look great, Purdue could very easily be a team that I see sliding down to the bottom area of the Big Ten. And those expectations, at least, is what I'm talking about here. Like, As far as what the fans and what everyone thinks this team can be, I'd say Northwestern has the most to lose if it loses to Michigan State. If Purdue looks really bad against Oregon State and ends up not even really looking competitive as a seven-point favorite, that's a lot to lose. The only other team I'd say you could argue has more to lose is Indiana with how much hype it's been getting, that Purdue rival, if it ends up getting blown out by Iowa. Let's move on to that game. Indiana and Iowa, we've talked a lot about already. I'm actually going to move on a bit past that. We'll talk about it in the last segment more. But we talked on Thursday with uh, Jacob Rude about that game. So you can listen to yesterday's show if you want to hear that one. And the final matchup, we got to talk about Illinois. I said before, Brett Bielema can go 2-0 and here. It's UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio. It's a four-and-a-half-point favorite for Illinois, and I'll talk about that later on, too. But don't think about how he did it. Just think about how good it feels to be 2-0 Illinois fans if it ends up happening this weekend. We'll see if it does. We'll talk more about all those lines and where I think you should be putting your money this weekend if you're a betting man, woman, whatever you identify as, as you're listening into the podcast here today. That's coming up as we wrap up the week here on Locked On Big Ten. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. BetOnline.ag is the place to go for any of your online sportsbook needs. The baseball season is back underway. The NBA Finals are wrapping up. And of course, I know you're already looking at some of those football futures for the fall as well. Whatever your need may be, as far as sports betting goes, BetOnline.ag can help you make your money. Head on over to BetOnline.ag right now for all the best lines, all the news you need to make sure you're up to date before you put those bets in, and we'll get you some free money to start out with, too. If you go to BetOnline.ag right now and use our promo code Locked On you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% on top of whatever you put into your account that first time you put money in, just add it on for free, thanks to the people over at BetOnline. It's BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back with you one more time here on a Friday. Nate Dickinson, host of Locked On Big Ten, with everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. we talked about the games. We've talked about what I'm looking for in each matchup. And now we'll get into the betting lines. What you need to know if you are someone who likes to put money on these things, I'll get it real quick as we wrap up the show. Only got a little bit of time, but we will talk about every matchup and where I think your money should go. All lines provided by betonline.ag. If you go over to betonline.ag and use our code locked on, I almost said betonline. That'd be a weird code for them to use. It's locked on the code at betonline. And you'll get a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It was 50% before. It's up to 100 right now. As we start out football season, that's a whole lot of money for you to get to play with for free over at betonline.ag. 
And again, our promo code locked on. Let's get to these lines, though. Let's start up with Northwestern against Michigan State. This is a matchup between two teams who who I think are kind of hard to read right now. Like two teams where if I wasn't doing something where I have to pick a side right now, I'd probably wait a little bit, see a little bit about how these teams look to start the season before putting any money on them. I'm going Northwestern here just because I'm picking Fitzgerald over Mel Tucker. I'm picking Northwestern at home. Uh, I'm picking something that is right now only a three and a half point spread. If things were a little bit more than three points, maybe I could see myself uh, betting MSU. But right now, a three and a half point favorite for Northwestern on Bet Online. If I were betting money line, I might bet MSU at plus one forty because I think this is enough of a toss up game where you could just bet those, take those points. But going against those spread, or, or yeah, going against the spread, I'm going to go ahead and take Northwestern here just because it's small enough for me where I think Northwestern's going to be able to take care of business in the game myself, and I'm taking those just other intangible advantages home game better coach if you ask me and all that stuff put together even if the two teams are even on the field that's enough to push me over that edge moving on to the next game if you have faith in michigan being at least a decent football team this season you can take them minus 16 against western michigan a lot of people have a lot of question marks about what this michigan team is going to be but if you have faith that they're going to be at least like what they were voted in the preseason polls a team that was an others receiving votes team you're going to be able to take those points against the broncos so it's lots of points inspected in that one i expect that michigan can cover that spread at least over time if not running away with it a little bit in the early going We'll get to the big game later on. I had Penn State, Wisconsin next on my list. Rutgers is minus 14 and a half against Temple. This is my game that's not just not worth it. If you ask me to bet the Rutgers side, even if you believe Rutgers is going to win by that much, it's too many points. I'm putting my money on Temple if I want that game. But again, I would just either stay away from it. Definitely don't bet Rutgers that many points right now. But again, just not a quality game to bet. Maryland-West Virginia was the game I could not find a line for here just on my spreadsheet. I'm not sure why, so I'll look it up real quick right now. Uh, I had a game where it was a tough line to pick a side just because apparently it was a good line, I wrote. (laughs) It's going to be a high-scoring game, though, because these two teams can both pull up points. We both talked about Tali Tungavailoa already. He's a guy who's put up big numbers before. West Virginia is just a big 12 team, so you know they're going to be able to put up points, too. You have faith to be able to rep Maryland in the Big Ten well with this one. So I'm taking Maryland as the favorite in this. Or I'm sorry, no, it was as the underdog, I believe. You know what? I got to look this up right now. I'm sorry. I'm messing up with this line. We'll move on real quick to the big games of the night. Purdue minus seven. I'll get that line back for you in a second. Purdue minus seven against Oregon State. We already talked about this matchup, about how Purdue could blow this matchup, in my opinion. I think Oregon State could cover this line easy. I think it's a touchdown. If it were three and a half even, I could see myself going the Purdue way. But a touchdown favorite for the Boilermakers, I think that's too shaky of a team in Purdue to be able to trust in week one to be able to knock off a non-conference opponent, not a team that it's familiar with. Purdue might be able to get an advantage by playing up against one of these decent Big Ten teams instead of going up against a Pac-12 team. But you get Oregon State, 
And instead, Purdue has to try to beat the spread. Obviously, not what it's thinking about. But seven points is a little bit too much for me in that game. Spread in the Maryland game was two and a half points in favor of West Virginia. Uh, again, I'll have faith in Maryland to rep the Big Ten well and be able to win as an underdog at home. Hopefully, they can take that one. And I've messed up enough in that game. So I'm moving on. The final two big games, Indiana and Iowa. In this matchup, much like I took the Northwestern consistent side, I'm going to take the Iowa minus 3.5 consistent side. Nothing against Indiana. I like that team, and I think the Hoosiers could easily prove me wrong and blow the doors off the Hawkeyes in this one. But all of the things considered, this is a week one game, and Iowa is the model of consistency in the Big Ten. You know Kirk Ferentz knows what he's doing. This is an Iowa home game. And an Indiana team that has a lot of hype to it, but is going on the road. And again, it is not the same kind of really experienced at this level team that Iowa is. Especially not, you know, as I say, with Kirk Ferentz and the coaching staff compared to Tom Allen. But at the same time, Iowa has just as much experience as Indiana does all around. So I don't see a way where Iowa isn't prepared for this game. I do see a way where Indiana is not prepared for this game. These are both two good teams. I expect this to be a good matchup. But all those things that kind of push you off one side of the fence are pointing Iowa's way. It's an Iowa home game. They've got the advantage on the sidelines in the coaching staff, if you ask me. Those things, I think, just contribute to a Hawkeye win to start the season. If this were later in the year, I might be singing a different tune. But especially in week one, to start off the year not knowing exactly what will go right and wrong, I have more faith in the Hawkeyes to get that job done. All right, let's talk the big one. Penn State plus five and a half against Wisconsin is my bet in this matchup. And it's not, again, not really a bet for or against Penn State or Wisconsin but more a game where I just think it's going to be a really good matchup. I think it's going to be close throughout. And I think five and a half points is enough where I'm taking those points if it had been on either side. Because this over-under on this game, by the way, is only at 49 and a half. That's not that much. Less than I thought it would be for how talented some of these offensive players are as well. But again, I expect this to be a grinder of a Big Ten football game on Saturday to start the season. We'll see what ends up happening. I don't see this one not being close at the end, coming down to some sort of field goal kicking or last drive to get into field goal range. And I see all sorts of ways where that ends up being a less than five and a half point game on either side, really. But I guess I'm betting Penn State plus five and a half. Those are my looks at the games this weekend. Oh, by the way, Illinois minus four and a half against UTSA. That's a game I'm taking too. I forgot about that one there at the bottom. Now we can wrap up here for the week on Locked On Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson here. We'll be back on Monday with everything, of course, that happened this weekend all across the conference. We've got a big slate of games to review with Jay Stevens to start off on Monday and, of course, a whole slate of hosts from across the Locked On Podcast Network through the week. Until then, I'm Nate Dickinson with Locked On.